talk some Cowboys football, shall we? We welcome into the program from Blogging the Boys and ESPN San Antonio, R.J. Ochoa. R.J., good afternoon. We appreciate your time on this busy day. Of course, guys. How's it going? Been, uh, been relatively chill. Uh, <laughs> so, R.J., I started to say the Cowboys have got the roster set, but I don't want to say that. I want to say that they've got it down to the league-required 53 players. Is this roster set, in your opinion? No, I think we're going to see a, a number of changes. Maybe, you know, I don't know, somewhere between 15 to 20% of it potentially changing. The Cowboys have seven players, at least as many as seven players, that could potentially be placed on injured reserve. Uh, the distinction is that players have to be placed on injured reserve after the 53-man roster has been set in order to be eligible, eligible to be brought back during the season, which is why these um, sort of particular details have to happen in this particular way. So once that happens, the Cowboys will theoretically have seven or as many as seven roster spots open up. They currently have five players on the COVID list that do not count against the roster, so that's five of your seven. They cut their long snapper today in a bit of a just kind of procedural move to, to have a temporary roster spot. So they just have some, some card shuffling that has to happen before they have 53 guys ready to roll for Tampa next week. As far as the quarterback situation, is this how you saw it unfolding? Yeah, I'd say so, um, just because the Cowboys are predictable. I don't know that, that I or anyone necessarily feels great about it, but it definitely it was something you could see coming from a mile away. Um, Cooper Rush is a, is a fine young man. He's, he's a, a great guy, but um, the fact that he's you know one heartbeat away, so to speak, from or one, one moment away from uh, potentially being the most important player on the team is, is frustrating. I mean, the Cowboys had an entire offseason to kind of revisit last year and what plagued them. And obviously you're banking on Dak Prescott playing the entire season. And, and if you lose him for a serious amount of time, the season's over. But if you have to have your backup quarterback play a game, I don't know that Cooper Rush is capable of winning that for you. And so the fact that they've doubled down on that after they spent the most of the offseason anticipating Garrett Gilbert winning the job just to cut Gilbert um, just feels a little bit haphazard, and that's frustrating. When you look at this quarterback situation, do you feel like that maybe they're looking around right now? I mean, do they even have a practice squad guy on the roster right now? They don't, but Garrett Gilbert could be somebody they signed to their practice squad, so they could ultimately keep him around. But, um, you know, and that's been something people have said forever. Oh, the backup quarterback for this team is somebody who's on another team right now. And I just, I don't, you know, now that cuts are official, I don't know anybody who was cut that, you know, if you had to play a game right now with that guy as your starting quarterback, you'd feel pumped about it. And obviously Cam Newton was cut, and, and that's certainly one, one discussion to have. But um, it, it's hard to imagine that anybody out there is, is worthy of whatever, you know, work you'd have to do to bring them in. I mean, and that's, you know, and that's kind of where they're at now. Now their argument is, well, you know, Cooper's better than all these other options. Like, yeah, that's the case, you know, on August 31st. The time to act was back in March, back in April, but they sat on their hands, and, and now they have to kind of lie in the bed that they made. RJ, if they were to go find somebody, wouldn't wouldn't it cost them some money? You know, I, I think it, it would cost them some draft capital. And, you know, over the weekend, we saw Gardner Minshew get traded from the Jaguars to the Eagles. That was the move to make. I mean, you know, from a financial perspective, Gardner's on a not only a rookie contract, which is a cheap contract, but he's on a rookie undrafted free agent contract. He's literally on the cheapest possible deal that any quarterback could conceivably be on. And he has, you know, very recent history in terms of starting in the NFL. He's still a young player, still growing, still developing. And he's under contract through 2022. 
So if you had been willing to give up a sixth-round draft pick, which is really not the biggest deal if we're all being honest with ourselves, you would have had your backup quarterback seemingly set for the next two years, and you would have been in a much more stable place if Dak has to miss a game or two games or a month, God forbid. After all the preseason's over, getting ready for Tampa, what's the biggest question mark on this team for you, for R.J. Ochoa right now? I think who their swing tackle is going to be because, you know, Lyle Collins is obviously healthy, but he's had two stingers in the last two weeks and obviously missed all of last year. And, and that's just Lyle. Tyron Smith obviously missed an enormous amount of time last year and hasn't played a full regular season since 2015. So it really does feel like a matter of when, not if the Cowboys are going to have to rely on their depth at that position. And I don't think they have any. I mean, they have Ty and Secchi and Terrence Steele, but but that's about it. I mean, just, just because you have names doesn't necessarily mean you have people that you can rely on. And so that, that does feel like that shoe is going to ultimately drop at some point this season, and that's going to be something that plagues them. And, and that's the other thing. I mean, if you have a quarterback who's coming off of an injury that cost him all of last season, who you gave an enormous amount of money to over this offseason, I would imagine that you would be invested in protecting him at all costs. And I would imagine that you would you know, be considerate of the fact that your tackles might not necessarily be able to make it through a season. The Cowboys, look, Micah Parsons is, is going to be awesome, and I think we're all really excited to watch him. But they passed on Rashawn Slater twice in the first round of this past draft. And, you know, we'll see what kind of player he develops, uh, you know, towards or as uh, for the Los Angeles Chargers. But those are decisions, you know, when, when you make one, you're, you're not making others. And, you know, there are potential timelines that you're missing out on. And so hopefully those things don't end up costing the Cowboys in any way. Talking with R.J. Ochoa from Blogging the Boys at ESPN San Antonio. R.J., you, you mentioned Cam Williams uh, earlier, and we were talking about it. I, he's a guy, I think, that wants to go someplace where he literally has a chance to play, not not hold a clipboard and stand on the sideline. Is, is, is that going to hurt his opportunities to, to be picked up by somebody? I'd, you know, I'd say so. And I mean, it's certainly understandable. I, I'm with you. I think that, you know, maybe Houston makes more sense. Maybe Denver, uh, maybe Washington, obviously a reunion with Ron Rivera there. Um, maybe Chicago, you know, if, if for whatever reason, Matt Nagy still hates Justin Fields. I mean, you know, there, there are a handful of um, a handful of places that, um, that do make sense. Maybe Detroit, you know, if Jared Goff doesn't work out. But um, I, I think, you know, We've, we've obviously it's been a few hours since he's been available and so we've talked about it you know we had our, our youtube show we, we wrote an article about it and um he is an interesting player he's always been um a polarizing player i've, I've never understood people you know are, are so you know turned whatever about him i've always loved cam um but in, in our current climate he you know he, he presents an option or presents a level of difficulty because he seemingly is not vaccinated and so if you're, you know, arbitrary team X with arbitrary quarterback Y, and, you know, do you want to introduce that element into your locker room? Do you want to introduce that potential reason for your quarterback to be a close contact, you know, and be a close contact on a Friday and have to miss a game on a Sunday? And so that is a real factor. I mean, obviously that's a, a subject that, uh, you know, uh, instills or, or agitates a lot of people and, and draws a lot of opinions in, in a number of different ways. But it's a, it's a variable when it comes to team building right now. And that's, that's a cold reality, but that is still a reality nonetheless. And so I, I think that teams have to consider that. And I think that that is something that there might be a line in the sand for a lot of people so that they don't have to potentially put their quarterback room at risk. RJ, after the four preseason games, you look at this defense, 
as a lump sum. Is it improved from last year, or how much better is it if it is improved? I think it's improved, um, but but that bar is pretty low. I mean, as, as we all know, um, I I think that they're probably you know when they're operating at their best, when when they're all you know healthy, which is certainly the case now. Uh, when their best players are on the field, which you know, if if Jalen Smith is out there, you know, you're you're operating. I wouldn't say with ten players, but you're not at your best. So when when things are truly a meritocracy, when when you've got your best guys out there, you're all healthy. I think this is you know a top seventeen, top sixteen group. And I think that this is a group that can force some turnovers, that can force some three and outs, that can give their offense some short fields to work with. And I think that that's, that's, that's a fair ask coming off of, you know, one year's worth of work. You can't expect Dan Quinn or anybody to come in and in one year wave a magic wand and turn them into a top 10 defense. But you can expect that kind of growth and expect them to, to be a reason why the team wins and, and not always be the reason why they lose. And so I do think that that's right where they're operating right now. RJ, looking to your crystal ball, tell me, uh, does the uh, the do the Saints play a regular season game at AT and T Stadium against somebody other than the Cowboys? <laughs> uh, ironically, the Saints host the Cowboys the week after Thanksgiving, so they will meet uh, in 2021. I don't think so, just based off of the schedule at AT and T Stadium, um, given you know prior commitments and whatnot. It does seem like that they might have to play a game elsewhere other than the Superdome um, I think the Alamo Dome makes sense you know I, I think something like that you know maybe um, that is a little bit more available and doesn't necessarily have as, as many you know restraints or as many prior commitments could work a little bit better for what they need it's obviously an unfortunate situation and certainly you know thinking of and, and praying for everybody uh, in the New Orleans and Louisiana area but um, I think the Cowboys, are, or rather AT&T Stadium, is just kind of stuck with, with some scheduling commitments and therefore might not be able to accommodate them. So between now and, and September the 9th when the Cowboys play that Thursday night game, uh, talk to me about where this Cowboy team goes and what they do this uh, besides just the routine stuff of, of practice. And I know they got some off dates built in there as well. Yeah, I think, you know, it's the Cowboys are about to – obviously start the season but they're about to be on on a bit of a weird schedule and i think that that's important um you know nfl coaches can be really regimented and you know jason garrett for example when the cowboys would play on on thanksgiving and then the thursday after he would insist that you know friday was was like monday and and saturday was like tuesday he just had to look at it that way uh, the Cowboys open their season next Thursday, but then they get a week and a half to, you know, prep before they visit the Los Angeles Chargers. And then they get an extra amount of time because their home opener in week three is a Monday night game against the Philadelphia Eagles. So they will not play games on consecutive Sundays until weeks four and five. The, the first home game that the Cowboys play on a Sunday is not until October 1st. And so it's a little weird. Like, is, is that, you know, is that cause for panic or anything? No, it's, uh, but, I, but I do think it's a little bit weird for a group of people in NFL coaches that like to be very regimented, that like to have routine, that like to operate in a very linear black and white way. Um, and so they, they've had a lot of time to prep and they're going to have, again, They've had all offseason to prep for the Tampa Bay game. They'll have a week and a half to prep for the Chargers, and then they'll have an extra day to prep for the Philadelphia Eagles. And so in that sense, they have that particular advantage. Um, It's just a matter of, you know, if they get through those first three games with two wins or even one win, I think that they're well-positioned to be a playoff team. Two of their their three toughest games are those first two games of the year. Mm -hmm. So as long as they can survive those, I think they'll be okay. 
RJ, I, I may be nuts, but clear something up for me. Nah, he ain't, he ain't no well, maybe to it. Okay, but. I am nuts, but clear something out, up for me. Did Cooper rush? Jerry Jones was saying he's been in this system for three straight years now, and he, he knows this. Am I mistaken? Didn't he end up in New York on the Giants practice squad with Jason Garrett for a time period last year? You're not mistaken. Um, you know, it was when the Cowboys cut Cooper Rush last year, because they did, I, I tweeted at the time that it would be the most predictable thing in the world for a Jason Garrett offense and obviously the New York Giants to claim it, and they did. Um, and obviously he didn't hang on with the Giants, just had a cup of coffee. And it was unfortunately really predictable that the Cowboys would bring him back. And, yeah, he knows the offense. I, I think, you know, I certainly understand that argument in a literal sense. But I this is frustrating. I mean, Cooper Rush is, is an undrafted free agent who has thrown three passes in his NFL career. Um, he actually, you know, the, the biggest role that Cooper Rush has ever played on the Cowboys is he beat Kellen Moore out to be the backup quarterback in 2017 to the point that Kellen Moore wound up getting cut and moved into the coaching profession. And so, uh, you know, big thanks to Cooper for accelerating that path, I guess. But, um, yeah, like in that sense, it just, you know, it never has made sense for the Cowboys to implicitly trust Cooper Rush. And, and, and all due respect to him again, um, they're doing that again. This is like, forget his history, like the last four years, but this is literally a quarterback who they cut last year. Right. So like a year ago, they, you know, got into a room and said, all right, this dude, he's not like they kept Ben DiNucci over him last year. That's not a joke or, or you know, hyperbole. That's a real fact. Um, and so what changed in a year? He, he went and spent more time with Jason Garrett. Um, and so it just, I don't want to say it feels like nepotism it, it, or favoritism, but it just it seems like the convenient way out. And that's really frustrating that they couldn't find a way to put forth a little bit more effort to get somebody else that might be better for the overall cause. So, so is it Mike McCarthy and the coaching staff that like him or is it the Jones family that likes him or is the answer? Yes. I think it's Kellen Moore. I mean, obviously, you know, Cooper Rush's entire career has been spent, you know, with Kellen Moore around, whether it's as his backup or as his teammate or as his quarterback's coach or as his offensive coordinator. And so, yeah, that makes sense, you know, that, that he understands the offense. But, you know, there are better quarterbacks. I would rather have better quarterbacks who have less of a, a grip or grasp on the offense that, that are more talented, that can make more things happen. I think, you know, the, the best archetype of quarterback is, is what Gardner Minshew is right now. The, the young guy who's still growing, who has started games very recently. I've said this before on some other shows. One of my fa- this is not a joke. One of my favorite moves that any NFL team made this offseason was the Buffalo Bills signing Mitchell Trubisky. And, you know, Mitchell's not great. I'm, I'm not trying to make that claim or anything. But if Josh Allen goes down, I mean, that's that's the most quality because you're not going to get, you know, a star quarterback to be your backup quarterback. But that's the most qualified type of archetype you can get for a pinch. And Cooper Rush is kind of the polar opposite of that. And, you know, hopefully he's not needed. Hopefully, you know, I'm all upset for no reason. And, and we just kind of wasted a bunch of time. But it does feel like it, it feels like a bit of arrogance just to assume, you know, either a everything's going to work out fine in a sport where people crash into each other every moment or B Cooper rush will just be great. Even though he's thrown three career passes, we'll totally be fine. And this will work out exactly how we want it to at any given moment that we need it to. Sounds like you are a big Cooper rush fan. Uh, RJ, <laughs> tell us, tell us what, uh, be, uh, what you're working on for blog of the boys right now. 
Well, we're obviously really excited for the season to start. We just wrapped up our roster reaction show. Uh, tonight we'll be on live after Hard Knocks, uh, just kind of assessing the roster, what the Cowboys got right, what they didn't get right, obviously, because we have all the answers to that. Um, and, and really starting our routine. You know, next week is, is the beginning of it all. It's, it's the beginning of the marathon. Uh, so just really, really excited that, that football's here and that we, we get to share it with you guys and be part of it with all. Um, so it's fun. I mean, we made it through the, the off season and the desert that it is. And so um, it's really exciting to be here and to be talking to you guys. As always, it's a pleasure. RJ, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great week. Talk to you.